Actually, it said this. A bystander said, Master, will only a few be saved? He said, this is Jesus said to him, the bystander, whether few or many is none of your business. Put your mind on your life with God. The way to life to God is vigorous and requires your total attention. And then it said, a lot of you are going to assume that you'll sit down to, the, to God's salvation banquet just because you've been hanging around the neighborhood all your lives. Well, one day you're going to be banging on the door wanting to get in, but you'll find the door locked and the master saying, sorry, you're not on my guest list. Now, I need you to hold that thought right there because it's a huge part of my message today. That message that I preached the other day was you don't want to be on the outside, basically, banging on the door, wondering why you're not being let into this banquet. But today, I'm going to talk about what if you're inside what if you got inside the door and are hearing the banging? Okay? And I'm going to go back to that, but hold on to that thought. So then I, then I continued, okay, Jesus. Then I continued, keep your shirts on, right? This is, this is another section of Luke that I was in on Wednesday. And it said, keep your shirts on, keep the lights on, be like house servants waiting for their master to come back from his honeymoon, awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knocks. And it drops down, it says, he'll put on an apron, sit them at the table and serve them a meal, sharing his wedding feast with them. Who is them? It's the people it's his servants. It's the ones that he's told, be ready. Okay? So, a few weeks ago, it was, don't get caught outside thinking you're going to be in because you've been hanging out. Then Wednesday, it said, if you're inside as a servant, don't, don't get undressed don't go chill out, don't go have a party, but be ready. Be ready because when I come, I'm going to knock, you're going to open the door, you're going to let me in, and then I'm going to treat you to the banquet that I have after my honeymoon. It says he's going to put on an apron and serve us. It doesn't matter what time of the night he arrives, they're awake and so blessed. Then it continues on, just when you don't expect him, the son of man will show up. And Peter said, oh, good Peter. He said, master, are you, telling, are you telling this story just for us or is this for everybody? See, I believe Peter remembered the story about the people being on the outside beating to get in. So I think he was kind of wondering like, well, should I be listening to this message or should I be listening to this one? Which, is this for us? Or is this for everybody, right? Because he knew he was one of the ends. He, I think he knew, or at least he wanted to know that he wasn't going to be one of the ones from the first message. But watch this. I think he was wondering, because since I know I'm one of the ones that will be the servant, is this for everybody else? Because you just said this. So who does this stand for? And Jesus, Jesus basically said, 
after that, and I'm not going to read that. This is not in the Bible. Everything else I've read is. But he basically said, this is for whoever it applies to. If you're doing what you're supposed to do, then good for you. If not, well, it sucks to be you. And I think Peter was like, all right, enough said. Right? Pretty clear there. But then Jesus follows something with that. And he says, great gifts mean great responsibilities. Greater gifts, greater responsibilities. These are the messages that I gave you over the last few weeks. And Peter asked, is this for everybody? And Jesus says, yeah. Like, whoever this is for, I think you will hear it and you will know based off of where you're at. And just in case you're unclear, to whom much has been given, much is going to be required. Just in case you were wondering. If, if you are by chance one of the servants in the house awaiting and awake, you might want to remember that. Then he continues, right? And this is where I, I closed it up right around in here on Wednesday. After he tells them to be ready and greater gifts and all of that stuff, he comes back again and he says, I have come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already burning. Do you think... I have come to bring peace to earth? No. He said, no. But then you drop down a little bit more, right in that same area. He goes, you fools. You know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. And so there's your recap over the last couple of weeks. And then my son came up here and he read that poem. And that poem was perfect evidence that we do know the times that we're in. Like the weather, we can see where we're at. Like Jesus said, don't tell me you can step outside and see it's going to rain, but you can't tell me that you don't know what day it is, what, what times we're living in. So here we are right here in this moment, and we are now in Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, if you want to go with me there, and... Basically, again, the church folk are, they standing outside. They're standing around. They are admiring the church building. Right at about verse 5, right at about verse 5. And I'm going to be in the message again. I know I don't typically preach out of the message. I have been just because that's where God had me in in Luke. But right in verse 5 through 6, they're standing around admiring the church building. I know it doesn't say exactly that. And Jesus, Jesus said, I, just put yourself there. You know, you know how we do. You know, we stand around just, oh yeah, <laughs> Pastor Wayne, he preached good message. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's really good. Man, look at what this building, man. We really put this new building up and it's looking good and, you know, everything like that and everything's good. And Jesus is standing there and I feel like he's just kind of like, man, that, I mean, he did preach the word. Um, you know, like Jesus, the same kid who, who was, you know, around 12 years old or so and wandered off from his parents in the middle of New York City. Remember that? 
And he went and he was doing what? About his father's business. But right now, he just, you know, came out of church and he's standing there with all the people and they're talking about the building. Standing, they're talking about the building. Just standing there. And he's like, hey, you know, this, you know, this is going to be destroyed real soon. It won't even exist. It won't even matter. You won't even think twice about it. It's going to be gone. Like, Rubble, complete trash. And you go to verse 7, and that's where I'm going to start. And it says, teacher, when is this going to happen? He got their attention. They turned around. They were concerned about this church building, as we all would be, right? I'm not judging them, but... Maybe that's the issue, kind of. Concerned about the church building. Teacher, when is this going to happen? What clue will we get that it's about to take place? Jesus said, watch out for the doomsday deceivers. Many leaders are going to show up with forged identities, claiming I'm the one. Or, or the end is near. Don't fall for any of that. <laughs> I like the message, you know, see, don't fall for any of that. Mm-mm. No. When you hear of wars and uprisings, keep your head and don't panic. This is routine history and no sign of the end. He went on. Nation will fight nation and ruler fight ruler over and over. Huge earthquakes will occur in various places. There will be famines. You'll think at times that the very sky is falling. But before any of this happens, they'll arrest you, hunt you down, and drag you to court and jail. It will go from bad to worse, dog eat dog, everyone at your throat because you carry my name. You'll end up on the witness stand called to testify. Make up your mind. Right now, not to worry about it. I'll give you the words and wisdom that will reduce all your accusers to stammers and stutters. You'll even be turned in by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. Some of you will be killed. There's no telling who will hate you because of me. Even so... Every detail of your body and soul, even the hairs of your heads, is in my care. Nothing of your body will be lost. Staying with it, that's what's required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry. You'll be saved. Now, I'm going to pause there. And I'm going to go back. I'm going to say something that might rub you a little wrong. Lord God, give them complete understanding to hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. I do not know when Jesus is going to crack the sky. His Bible says so. I can't know. As a matter of fact, it said that he would come back like a thief in the night. I got to pause there. I'm sorry. I got to tell you a side story. Because when I just said that, a little bit of fear hit me right here. Fear. Healthy fear, though. Last night, 
I woke four o'clock in the morning to what I thought was a sound. Not really sure if it was or not, but. And I thought to myself, should I get up and go check? <laughs> no. <clears throat> then I thought to myself, you should have bought the gun. Because then you would have went and checked and you'd have felt a little bit better about it, but you don't have it. And, I, and then I kind of, in my mind, went around my room. I was like, you literally have nothing to protect yourself or your family with. Not a bat, not anything. Okay, so this is my thought. And I'm laying there, and I opened my eyes, and then I was like, you have security cameras, though. And I was like, you don't have to go downstairs. You can check the security cameras. And then my next thought was this. A picture in my mind came up, and it was the security cameras. And I was like, <sighs> and then all of a sudden, it was like there was a person in that picture in my mind. There was a person in the picture of my security cameras. And I went from ease to freaking out in my mind. Because I was like, you still don't have a gun. And if somebody is on that screen when you look, you're just going to be more freaked out than you are right now. And my thought lingered there for like probably a good minute. And all I could see in my mind's eye was the view that I would look at, which was my kitchen. And I was like, what if there is a person standing in that screen? Fear, right? And I was like, huh. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke it right now. I grabbed my phone, I pulled up the thing, and there was my kitchen. There was nothing there. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. And then he was like, they're about to step out of the dark right now. And I was like, no, in the name of Jesus. No, you know what I mean? Like, but it's funny. But Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. We're all running around looking at our security screens. Is it time? Is he here? But I don't think enough of us really are scared enough to be prepared for if he comes. That was my side note. That was my side story. And I got up. I went downstairs. I let my dog out. And my door was unlocked. My sliding door was unlocked. So if somebody wanted to come to my house, they could have. That was just, God, did you just wake me up to go lock my door? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. But right now in this moment, I thought to myself, the way I felt there is the same way that I should feel here. I should be nervous and afraid that somebody's going, not somebody, that he's going to come. And we're not going to be able to run out and look up. I had a thought the other day when I was preaching, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have some people bring in some clothes. And I'm going to have them lay the clothes on the bench have the people that they bought the clothes for leave the room, wait enough time when nobody would be paying attention, and then stand up and freak out. Oh, my God! Amanda's clothes are sitting here, and she's not here! Right? And one person do that, and you'd be like, oh, this is, this is a joke. Pastor Dwayne is silly. And then another person jumps up. Oh, my gosh! Elijah's, what is going on? And then another person, at least three to four people jump up and freak out. I guarantee you that each one of us are going to stop for at least a minute and ask, did I just, did I miss this? Until we seen the rest of the kids, then we would feel a lot more comfortable, right? 
And I thought to myself, no, Dwayne, that's just too much. You might give somebody a heart attack. I, I don't know. I don't know why God would give me these ideas. You know, one time he told me I should shoot a gun in the middle of service. And I was like, that's just, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but I think the point is, is what he's trying to do is he's trying to get our attention because it says the beginning of wisdom is a healthy fear of God. I think we don't understand what we're looking at. So let's go back to this scripture. It starts out and they're like, teacher, when is this going to happen? Can we get a clue? And he like, he says, listen, when you hear people talking about the end is near, don't even worry about it. Don't fall for that. And then he says, when you hear of wars and uprisings, keep your head, don't panic. This is routine history. I love that. This is routine history. You know how many people I've asked? Or, well, no, actually it was just kind of a thought of my own. And it was, I remember hearing people say things like, we're living in the, in the last days. And, and I asked myself, will I, will I be able to grow up? Then I grew up. And recently I was asking myself, will I get to watch my kids grow up? And it's always there in the back of my mind. Lord, are you coming soon? Is this the time? Because... It looks like it. And this is based off of me reading Revelations, right? We read Revelations and it's like, this is going to happen. You're going to see this and you're going to like the rumors of wars. Oh, check. What is it? Huge earthquakes, crazy weather. Check. You're like, yes, here it comes. He's coming, right? Nations will fight nations. Rulers will fight rulers over and over. Check. Oh, praise God. There will be famine. I mean, depending on where you're at, check, right? I even had somebody preach that one time, and they showed pictures of, like, Africa and different places, and it was just like, oh, it's real. It's going down. And then it said, you'll think at times that the very sky is falling. They are looking for that, right? They're waiting for that. There's always that huge comet somewhere that they show pictures of occasionally that could very well possibly hit the earth. Check. But before any of this happens, they'll arrest you. Well, wait a second. <laughs> what? I thought we were having all of this, and I'm not arrested yet. He was very clear. He was very clear. He said before, look, this, this, this. And you're like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, but before we get to all of that, you will be arrested. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You'll be hunted down. <laughs> oh, I ain't seen nothing like that yet. Um, and drag you, they will drag you into court and jail. I mean, I see some of that. It will go from bad to worse. Dog eat dog, everyone at your throat, everyone at your throat, because you carry my name. You'll end up on the witness stand. He said, don't make your mind up right now. Make your mind up right now. Before me and my wife got married, we were still dating, you know, lovey-dovey and all that good stuff. And we looked at each other and we said, hey, you know, I don't know how you feel about this, but this is my feeling. Divorce isn't an option. And I was like, I'm game. Agreed? Agreed. 
Divorce is not an option. Divorce is not an option. Okay, cool. So going forward, that's not an option, right? Absolutely not an option. So before we even hit the rocks, before the storm started swinging on us, we made a decision personally that was our personal decision. So I'm saying to you right now, before we get into any of that other stuff, okay, because this is not a message about divorce, so don't get stuck there. Before we get to being drug out, hunt down, put in jail, and put before court, make up in your mind, right here, right now. Not to worry about it. <laughs> I think that's so funny because we all know, okay? Don't worry about it. Then he jumped down. And he says, you'll even be turned in by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends. Some of you will be killed. Make up in your mind right now not to worry about it. I made up in my mind. I just flat out made up in my mind. I'm no longer going to ask the question, will I get to see my kids grow up? If I do, great. If I do, that's going to suck. <laughs> what do you mean, Pastor Delane? If you're a parent, you understand what I'm saying. If I do, great. If I don't, that's going to suck. But if I don't, that'll be great. So either way it goes, right? So why should it matter that much to me? From here on, it won't. If I do. Then it says, it says, there's no telling, right, who will hate you. He said, even so, every detail of your body and soul, even the hairs of your head is in my care. Nothing of you will be lost. That right there is one of those ones you need to sit on and just stew on for a bit. But I can't do it. I will be going back to that, though. How's that work? You're in his care, and not anything of you will be lost. Yet, you're going to be, okay, like I said, I'm not going to go into that. He says, staying with it, that's what is required. Stay with it to the end. You won't be sorry, you'll be saved. I'm going to continue. Verse 20 through 24. When you see soldiers camped around Jerusalem, then you'll know that she is about to be devastated. If you're living in Judea at the time, run for the hills. Somebody in Judea is living there right now, reading this the way I just read to you, that first part. See, we don't, this don't hit home for us. We don't live in Judea, but somebody does. It says, if you're in the city, get out quickly. If you're out in the fields, don't go home to get your coat. This is vengeance day. Everything written about it will come to a head. Pregnant and nursing mothers will have it especially hard. Incredible misery. Torrential rage. People dropping like flies. People dragged off to prisons. Listen, I know this is a rough one for the kiddos. I get it. Okay? But my daughter just came home the other day and said that her teacher had them reading a scary story. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, because I'm not trying to hate. It's actually one of my favorites, but that's not the point. It was worse than this, okay? I'm just telling you, and this is the Bible. So, <laughs> in other words, they'll be fine. It will seem, <laughs> hold on, 
people dragged off to prison, Jerusalem under the boot of barbarians until the nations finish what was given them to do. Until the nations finish what was given them to do. This is pre-planned out, people. So ain't no need. Ain't no, a few weeks ago, I said ain't no need in us worried about what we can't, we can't do nothing about. This is all tied together. And I know if you didn't watch them, you need to go back and watch them because there's no point in us being worried about what we have no control over. But we've been given things that we have control over. I'm going to continue. It will seem like all hell has broken loose. Sun, moon, stars, earth, sea, in an uproar, and everyone all over the world in a panic. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom. The powers that be quaking. And then, then they'll see the Son of Man welcomed in grand style. A glorious welcome. When all this starts to happen, up on your feet. Stand tall with your heads high. Help is on the way. He told them a story. Look at a fig tree. Any tree, for that matter. Any tree you want to think about. Any tree you want to look at. When the leaves begin to show, one look tells you that summer is right around the corner. The same here. When you see these things happen, you know God's kingdom is about here. Don't brush this off. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for this one too. For this one too. Now, a historian might come to me and be like, well, Pastor Dwayne, this was spoken to the people then. Okay, well, let's, let's go on back there. There we are with Jesus. And he says to them, this is not just for a future generation, which would be us, but for you now. And then somewhere in that book, he says that his word stands forever, right? So now when we're reading it, we're reading, this is not for some future generation, but for you now, too. I just wanted to make sure that's clear. So, he says, uh-oh. These things will happen. Sky and earth will wear out. My words won't wear out. But be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone, everywhere at once. So whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. I'm going to say that again. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. This is where I'm going to close. I am not trying to preach a doomsday message. As a matter of fact, all I did was read the Bible. Okay? But I read the Bible because I feel like it was good for such a time as this. And for us to hear the word, which is truth, as opposed to hearing Pastor Dwayne, is so much better. Jesus had some of his best sermons when he stood before the crowd and simply quoted the Bible. Whether it was about himself or not. 
Because it's truth. So what is all this saying? Over the past three weeks, I have been before you, and I've actually four, there's been four weeks, and I have been pretty much saying the same thing every time, just in a different way, and hopefully with more authority. And that is, number one, don't be worried about when Jesus is coming as pertains to wanting to leave or being sure. Like, we need to be concerned with where we are and who we're taking with us. We need to be worried about where we are and who we're taking with us. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he's coming tomorrow. I don't, I don't even think he's coming next year. But I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not trying to prophesy to you. I'm just saying, based off of, right, because we're all very intelligent creatures, we all have some amount of common sense. And the Bible said that if we can tell the weather, then we should be able to tell the time. And if we can tell the time based off of the very clear instruction that he gave, then I don't think he's coming tomorrow or next month. Now, we all know it's looking crazy out there. So we could go from where we are now to being drug into court by next year. Am I trying to scare you a little bit? No. It's just a reality check. From where we are right now to next year, they could come and put padlocks on the doors and tell us we can never come back in this place ever again. Don't worry about it. I'm going to give you one reason. We've got Facebook. Never thought about this before. I really hadn't until now. The first time we had to do service online, I thought to myself, God, you are crafty. Because Pastor Jeff, he prophesied over me a long time ago, and he said something that I found very disturbing. He said something to the effects of, you are going to minister in the end times. You are going to go through some very rough stuff. And I was like, I don't receive that. And I was just trying to say that. <laughs> I did walk away from that very disturbed, and it, it, it low-key haunted me. Because my thought was, is, oh, my gosh. And he mentioned something about underground church, too. And I was like, man, I'll be doggone. I want to be driving a, a Cadillac Escalade. Man, this I did not sign up for this. You called me, and I assumed when you called me, I was going to be driving an Escalade, not doing underground church. I just, watched, I just watched a movie the other day called Harriet, and it's about Harriet Tudman. And she was a slave, and she ran from her slave master. And when she got away, she got where she was, and they were trying to help her live life. And she said, she said no. And the reason she said no in this movie, it depicts that she was a godly woman and she listened to God, which I appreciated so much more. I'd heard about Harriet Tubman, but now I have a very, very strong uh, uh, appreciation for her. She listened to God, and God told her to go back. And she told her friends, I have to go back. And they said, you're crazy. You were lucky to make it by yourself this time. And she said, no, I have to go back. And she traveled over 100 miles, not in a car, but on foot. She traveled 100 miles back to go get her husband 
and her family. But when she got there, and this was the depiction of the movie, I don't know if it was exactly like this, but when she got there, her husband had married somebody else. I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me. Her husband married somebody else. So when she got there, she realized she didn't even go back for her husband. Let me rewind because I think you might have missed it. When she was there getting her life and she was living her life and they were trying to get her acclimated to freedom. She felt God pressing on her heart to go back to get her family. Which she was willing to do. My husband, my family, I want them. I want them to live in freedom with me. So she travels back only to find out the whole reason she had traveled back didn't even exist. But what did exist was nine other people that she took back to freedom. And on her way back, she encountered the slave traders trying to recapture her. But she didn't, she didn't see this because she's seen them in front of her. She was in the path, the path that she'd taken there back. And she stopped and hit her knees because she felt God on her. She stopped and hit her knees and God spoke to her through a dream and was like, uh-uh, turn here, go this way. She got up, she looked at the nine people, and she said, we can't keep going forward. There's danger there. So she turned, went down a little ways, and said, we're going to cut through the water. Her brother steps up and says, I ain't going through the water. That's crazy. You didn't bring us this far to drown us. Hear what I'm saying to you. They were not ready to follow her into freedom because they didn't feel she knew what she was doing. Even though she had went one way a hundred miles by herself, came back a hundred miles by herself, and now was trying to take them to safety, they didn't believe it. Right. Hear me out. She pulled out a gun and pointed it at her brother and said, you'll follow me or you'll die. Now that's crazy. But listen, she's trying to lead him to freedom. I need y'all to make a connection here. She's trying to lead them to freedom. And they're bucking her. Because they're scared. Because they've never done it before. She looked him in the eye and said, we ain't got time for this. You will go here now or you will die here now. And when they wouldn't budge, she turned around, raised her hands to the air, began praying, and walked right into the water. She walked into the water all the way up to her neck. She stopped, as I'm sure I would have, and she began to pray, God, please don't do this. Don't let me fail now. Get me across this thing. And she's standing at the lowest point, And she took her next step. And she raised just a little. And another step. And she raised just a little. And she was walking out of the water. Guess what they all did? They jumped right in and followed her. What am I saying to you right now? We are in some crazy times. I'm standing before you and I'm trying to tell you that we are the ones called to carry people to freedom. We don't save them, okay? We just lead them in the right direction. So there's a few things that we need to be doing. Number one, we need to be going because God said go. Number two, we need to be paying attention to what God says do when he says do it. Because that's what's going to keep us from running into danger. And if we're doing that, we don't need to be concerned. There was never a point where she seemed to be fearful of her life. The only thing she was concerned about was, God, what are you telling me to do next? Which way do I go now? We are in some ugly 
times. We are traveling along some ugly roads. But if we are on the path that God put us on and we're listening to him to make changes when we need to make changes, we're going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Make your resolve now. This is what I'm going to do. Period. No matter what comes, how crazy it gets, or how it goes down, this is the choice that I'm making, and I won't be distracted from it. And in the end, in the end, you're going to stand before God. Prayerfully, this is me. I'm going to stand before God with all of the crap that I did, and it's going to be ugly. But I hope I've got thousands of people standing behind me so that the weight of my ugliness will be outweighed by the people that I've bought in to freedom. Don't get distracted by what it looks like. Don't even get distracted by, you know, how much time you got, right? I can relax. He ain't going to be, Pastor Wayne said he ain't going to be up to next year, so I'm good. I'm, I'm at least good till next year. I'm good. No. What are you doing? Let's be about God's business. Let's be about God's business. Don't worry about what people are saying. Don't, don't worry about what people tell you can, you can't do. Don't worry about that. Listen to what God say do and do it. But most of all, get in your word so that you can hear him. When the news say, oh, the world's ending because prophet so-and-so says so, I think he's off. He's off because enough of us ain't been arrested and thrown in jail. I've only seen a handful of people be killed due to Christ's name. And I'm pretty sure that's not what he was talking about. I mean, he told Noah, build a boat. <laughs> he told Noah, build a boat. Build a boat. Because I'm, I'm about to kill everybody. Do you think Noah really thought he was going to kill everybody? <laughs> Come on now. He's going to do it. Let's be about the business. I challenge you. This last thing I'm going to say. And I'm going to read it just so I, don't, so I don't mess it up. I challenge you, TBD, the body Dayton, I challenge you to come up with one way. I challenge you to come up with one way for you to spread the gospel. I challenge each and every one of you listening to me right now to come up with one way outside of the box, different, different than what you've seen. Come up with one way to spread the gospel. And I want you to bring that, bring that to us. I want to hear it. It's enough of us sitting on our hands, spectating. It's enough spectating. A couple weeks ago, I talked about us eating popcorn and watching TV, the drama that's going on because it could be canceled at any time. It's enough of that. It's time out for watching the TV and the drama. It's time to get up, get out, and be about the Father's business. I'm going to close in prayer. Lord God, I just come into you right now. I thank and praise you for your word. God, I pray that, I pray that we will allow it to apply to our lives. I pray that we will be about it, that we will do something with it. We won't just be hearers of the word, but we will be doers of the word. In the name of Jesus, I, I, I pray for fresh, fresh fire. I pray for, for new dreams and I pray for uncommon ideas, Lord God. I pray, God, for, for your people to begin to become innovative about spreading the gospel. 
I pray that they would become innovative about letting people know who you are and how much you love them. In the name of Jesus. And I pray the same for myself. All of that. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Before we go, I just, if there's anybody in here that, you know, just bow, bow your heads for me, please. If there's anybody in here that doesn't, you know, you don't know Christ the way you, you thought you did. You listen to this message and you realize, man, I might, I might be one of the people who are going to be banging on the door. Or maybe you've allowed your, your relationship and your life to get stale and you're not awake and you're not ready and you're not serving the way that you know you should. If that's you and, and you want to make a change, you want something different today, will you raise your hand for me so that I can pray for you? Okay. Okay. Right now, I'm going to pray that God would begin to do a new work. He may have done a work before, but I'm going to pray that he's going to do a new work in you. So it may look different. It may feel different. And that's okay. Because that's what we need right now. We need different. Lord God, I pray for each and every person that raised their hand. God, they may have, they may have come to this point before. And maybe they never have. But Father, I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus that you would start something that they can visibly see, they can physically feel, and they can know without a shadow of a doubt that you are making moves in their lives. Maybe you've already started a work, Lord God, because your word says that, that any work that you started, you would finish, you would complete. God, I pray that they would be able to see you moving in their lives. And they would begin to walk in that direction. They would, they would begin to trust you again. They would begin to want to spend time with you and, and sit down with you and understand you again. In the name of Jesus, I pray transformation will take place now and going forward in each of their lives. Have your way, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Be with your people as they go today. Minister to them. Love on them. Impress them. Don't let this word leave their minds. Press them so that they would be about your father's business. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you.